Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. The following podcast is part 156 in the series, Contending for the Faith. This is the morning service of Sunday the 14th of May, 2017, entitled, Two Eternal Abodes, Heaven and Hell, Part 2. And the Bible reading is taken from Revelation, chapter 21, verses 1 to 8. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I want to direct your thoughts back for just a few moments this morning. First of all, in Revelation chapter 21, and as we read these words again this morning, I just want us to keep in mind and remember, man, it is great and exciting what God can do for our lives down here. Um, I'll be touching a little bit more this evening on, on the thought, but so many times we try to think that our experience has got to be like somebody else's. Everybody's experience with Jesus Christ is different. It's not any experience in the world that makes you a child of God and changes your life. It's meeting Jesus Christ. It doesn't have to happen like somebody else's. It has to happen because he meets you where you are in your life at that time. But as we begin to think upon this fact that we will all spend eternity somewhere. And of course, that's the great truth that we began looking at here in, in the Word of God is that uh, there are two, and only two, eternal abodes. One is called heaven, one is called hell. We began looking last week at this place called heaven. I refer you back to the scripture in Revelation chapter 21. I invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's most holy and precious word. Again, beginning in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. He says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Father, I thank you this evening for this time that we have, and now in these next moments, I pray, God, that you would 
Help us. Lord, as we look into your word, give us that which we need this morning. You know the hearts of every individual, and you know exactly what is needed. So use thy unworthy servants. Speak to hearts that your will may be accomplished in each and every life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. We looked at a number of passages in beginning last week as we talked about these two eternal abodes. We find here in Revelation chapter 21 that there is coming a time when God himself is going to come down with the new Jerusalem. We'll be looking at some of those things. When all things are made new, the thing I want you to focus and remember as we begin to look at all of these other things is that in verses 6 through 8, there are only two divisions that are made there. Jesus said, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Jesus Christ is the one that can give from that fountain of, of, of flowing eternal life that only he can give. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Folks, the only way you're going to overcome is in Jesus Christ. But the fearful, he says, and the unbelieving and the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, idolaters, all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, we'll be talking about that lake of fire, the fire, the brimstone, that place called hell, which I realize is a very unpopular subject. But we're going to be trying to look at what the Bible says about that later. But what I want you to realize this morning is that it's Jesus Christ himself that has made that absolute promise that for those that thirst, for those that come to him, that he will give them. He will give them of the water of life. The water of life. And he gives it freely. We find that we looked at a number of passages last week Colossians and 2 Corinthians and Romans and John and these different passages that gave us a glimpse of this promise of what's before us in this place called heaven. And that was our first thought that, you know, heaven is a real place. It's not just something in our imagination. It's not even just a, a sense of something, in other words, something that's good but it's not real. It is a place that is called heaven. We said that, as a matter of fact, there are three places in Scripture, the first heaven, the second heaven, and the third heaven. The first heaven. The skies around us where the birds fly and where we get in those planes and fly through our atmosphere here upon this earth. That's the first heaven. The second heaven, that which we see beyond that, as far as the eye can see, with the most powerful telescope that you can put your eye to, we see the stars and the planets and all that out there that, that God put there in place as the second heaven. We can see the first heaven. We can see the second heaven. We know that they're real places because we can visibly not only see them, but reach out and touch them. Some have had the privilege to even go into that second heaven and look back at the first heaven but we know but what we said is we want to grasp and understand we want to look at that third heaven which is beyond that that third heaven that man hasn't seen that third heaven which the bible says that we've never heard we've never seen anything we've not even been able to imagine 
what God has in store for us there in that third heaven. A place called heaven. It is a real place. But what I want you to just think on in literally just a few moments, look in John chapter 14, that wonderful, beautiful passage that Jesus gives to us. It's often read when we go to leave this world and we need to know that there's something more, that there's some hope that is beyond this. And we, we read this passage last week, and I want to direct your attention back to it for just a moment. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. You see, it's not only a place. It is a prepared place. A prepared place for the believer. Remember what we saw there in Revelation? There's the believer and there's the unbeliever. This is the place for the believer. This is the place that has been prepared for the believer. What is it? Where, where is it going to? Where did Jesus go to prepare it? How is it being prepared? What's it like? Oh, so many questions. Why? Because we've never seen it. We'll be looking over these next weeks, hopefully at trying to stretch your imagination to the very lengths of its imagination. The most beauty, the most perfect, the most beautiful place you've ever imagined, and yet we won't even begin to approach. But in this step, I want you to remember, no matter what anybody says, heaven is real. It is a place. Look at what we know already that we've already looked at. It's a place where God the Father sits on His throne. It's the place where His throne is at. We saw that last week. We saw that it's the place that God the Father is there now on His throne. We saw that it's the place that Jesus came down from. Jesus came from heaven. And then He ascended back to heaven, back to this place that's called heaven. We saw where that, that same Jesus that came down the first time, that went back and ascended back to the Father, is the same Jesus that's coming again. And when he comes again, we read that passage last week in Second Thessalonians where he's bringing rest for the saints. Rest for you and I. A rest that this world can never give. We saw that heaven is the place where your inheritance is reserved. You see, it's one thing to have somebody say, I'm going to give you something. But we saw last week that your inheritance as a believer, as a child of God, is reserved in this place called heaven. Now, if we accept and believe those things, we know that this Jesus, this one called Jesus... The one who that is now in heaven at the right hand of his Father. 
The one, the same one that walked on this earth that ascended back to this place called heaven. That same Jesus that is coming again, that is the same Jesus that is speaking these words here in John chapter 14 that says, hey, don't let your heart be troubled. You don't need to worry about anything. Matter of fact, he tells us in another place, to be anxious for nothing. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. He said, believe also in me. Of course, we've been looking at that. He is one, and he goes on, and he talks about this, and, and he talks about this place in his Father's house. His Father is where? His Father is in heaven. We've already established that. There, he says, there are many, many mansions, many places to dwell, many places to live. He said, if that weren't true, I would have told you so. But then he said, I go to prepare a place for you. The same Jesus, the same Jesus that died on the cross, the same Jesus that saved your soul, that same Jesus. You see, heaven is not just any place. It is a place that no man has seen. It is a real place where God the Father dwells, where Jesus Christ is at now, where your inheritance is, is preserved forever. But it's a place that Jesus went to to prepare for you, a dwelling place for all of eternity. That where He is, you could be also. That you could be with Him. He is eternal. He lasts forever. If we know anything about heaven, we may not know the geographical spot to put it. But it's where God the Father is. It's where God the Son is. And it's where God the Son promised to prepare a place there for you. A special place prepared for you that he too would come back to get you. Now I'm just going to say this. You've heard me, some of you say it before, but I want to toss it out there. Jesus was a carpenter on this earth. But he didn't mean he was having to go to this place with his hammer and his nails to start working to make physically a place for you. You see, this is the same Jesus that was there in creation that spoke, and it was. That preparing doesn't mean that he needed all of this time in order to prepare the place. He prepared it for you. He prepared all that is that there is. He created all that there is. But I want you to know in this place called heaven, where God exists, where Jesus Christ exists, where your inheritance for eternity is, that Jesus promised to prepare a specific place for you so that you could go to the same place he is at to be with him forever i got news for you. Sometimes I don't know where I'm going to be tomorrow. <laughs> Sometimes I don't even know where I'm going today. But I do know one thing. I know where I'm going one day, and I'm going to heaven. And I hope that you know that you're going there and that we'll be there on the streets of gold together. I'm going to look, and I want to try to find out with the excitement of just what it is before us. But I think that we can safely say that... Jesus Christ is with God the Father in this place called heaven. And that that same Jesus has prepared a place for me in this place called heaven. And that I'm going to be with him one day. Herbert Spencer, an agnostic scientist, was asked, that what from a scientific standpoint 
would be required to make a place like the Bible describes as heaven. Now, he was an agnostic. He didn't believe the Word of God to be so. But he said from a scientific standpoint that if there was going to be a place like that, that it would take a perfect being in a perfect environment. <laughs> a perfect being in a perfect environment. Think on this, folks. There are only two eternal abodes. There are only two places that every living soul will spend eternity. Now, it's not my purpose to frighten you with the horrors of hell that you might want to go to heaven. But if that's what it takes, then most so be it. We need to understand we don't know a lot about them, and I hope that at the end of this we'll know more about both places, but there are only two places to spend eternity. There is only one God. There is only one eternal being. We will spend eternity either with Him or without Him. Now, as we put these things together to try to get a reasonable picture of this place called heaven, I just want you to, first of all, build upon this foundation. Heaven is a place, a place that is real, a place where God the Father exists and the very throne of God is there. A place where Jesus was and He descended from and He ascended back and He's there with the Father in this place called heaven right now. It is the place where the Bible says your inheritance for eternity is not preserved here on this earth. It's preserved in that place called heaven. And that Jesus went back into that place. He promised that He was going to prepare a place for you. You see, if you are one of those believers, if you're one of those that come to Him, that will accept His free gift of, of the water of life that will give you life everlasting, then you will be with Him forever. He has a place for you there, a prepared place in this place called heaven, specifically for you to spend eternity with Him, to dwell with Him, to dwell with God forever. And we'll be looking. I won't be here next week, but the week after, God willing, we'll be looking. I want you to grasp heaven as a real place. It's a place where all these things we know are right now, but it's also a place where we're going one day, where our inheritance is, and where a place has been prepared for you if you're a child of God, if you're a believer God willing, we'll be looking that also, you see, heaven's not just about a prepared place. It's about a prepared people. <laughs> you can't go there like you are. <laughs> Flesh and bones will not in, in, inherit that place. But God's going to prepare you for what lies ahead. And He will prepare you. And so we're going to see that heaven, it is a place but it's a prepared place that God Himself, that Jesus Christ, our Savior, has prepared for you. That God will prepare His people. But the first step in that preparation, we've heard so vividly in Brother Carl's testimony already this morning, 
We've read from the Word of God that those that come to Jesus Christ, they alone can enter this place. Oh, listen, today, you know, I, can, I can't see anything on the inside of you. I don't know what's in your heart. I know this. I know that God wants you. He wants you to enjoy life, not just now, but for all of eternity. And He wants you to enjoy it with Him. He wants you to spend eternity with Him in this place called heaven. Remember, you personally, Jesus has prepared a place for me. But He's prepared a place for you if you belong to Him, if you're one of the believers. But if you're not here today, He will. You see, the first step in having a place prepared for you in gaining that inheritance that's reserved in heaven is by coming to Jesus Christ. Or well, if you don't know Him today, I don't care. I don't care with what intentions. You see, if, if, if I could get a hold of you, and if I could shake it into you, if I could get you to grasp and understand, I love you. But God loves you even more. And I'm glad if you want to try to do what's right. And I'm glad that you want to be a good person. I'm glad for all of those things. But grasp and understand, none of it matters. There's only one way to get to that place. And that's through Jesus Christ. He's the only path. Today, why would you want to leave here? Knowing, knowing as a fact, we all will face death. We don't know when. It could be your next heartbeat is your last. I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm just stating the facts. None of us know how many more heartbeats we have. If there are only two eternal abiding places, and when you take that last heartbeat here, and you're going to step into eternity, you're going to be in one of those groups that we read about there. Those that will spend eternity in this eternal abiding place called heaven where God is, or those that will spend eternity in the place called hell where God isn't. Common sense will tell you, if there is a heaven, there has to be a hell. If there is a place where God is, then there has to be a place where God isn't because everybody and everything is not going to be able to be with God. If it were, there could be no heaven. Heaven has to be sinless today. It is your opportunity not to make you feel better, not to make me feel better, but for the sake of your eternity. Why won't you humble yourself and just recognize all my intentions may be good, but it's all worthless unless I humbly seek forgiveness from a God. We'll be thinking this evening on Lord, have mercy. Unless you come to that point that you cry out for His mercy, because that's all you deserve. You can't go to Him based upon what you are, or what you have done, or what you will do. You have to go to Him depending on a merciful God. But He is a merciful God. And if you'll call upon Him today, He will hear you. He will. If you're thirsty, go to Him. He'll give you the water of life. You don't need to walk out of here not knowing where you will spend eternity, with God or without God. If you come to Jesus today, you can know that it's with Him. Father, I can say so much, Lord, and I don't care 
how much time we have or don't have and what's on the stoves cooking for dinner and where we've got to be after this. Lord, if I thought that my words, if there was something I could say, if I could plead enough that anybody that's here that's not ready to, to meet you one day, if I thought it would do any good, I would just continue on and on. But Lord, I've tried to faithfully give to these people what you've laid upon my heart this morning. Lord, we're all going to face eternity somewhere with you or without you. I pray today there are those here that have never truly come to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It doesn't matter what they've done and haven't done. Lord, it really comes to that point of what they've done with Jesus. Help them to realize and understand. Help this be the day that they would humble themselves, that they would seek that forgiveness that can only come from you. Father, that they can then know or that their inheritance is reserved in that place called heaven. That when Jesus went to prepare a place, he was speaking of preparing a place for them where they could be with him and he could be with them for all of eternity. Lord, speak to hearts as only you can. We we'll give you the praise and honor for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.